Tune into the Bobcast Podcast, chatting about it, making you laugh. Got the internet fired up, streaming fast from the lounge with the Ouija board, summoning the past. Seeing the future, animated and creative, totally articulated. Anytime you want to hear it, you can turn it on and play it. Ah! Oh my Bob, I cast a shadow from your speaker frame and monitor. Got it going on at www.thebobcast.podbean.com. Episode of content for you and yours. Come on! Pass it along and send a link to your brother, to your cousin, to your mom. Never, ever, 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 ever turn it off. Ring the alarm up on the river with the spliff. Light em up, get done. Uh, so bizarre, abstract fantasy brought to you by Bob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob. Live in my grandmother's house on East 3rd Avenue, staring at the Ouija board. Today's guest has been banned for the show for over 20 episodes. We tried to review a, a movie a long time ago, and he just, he went into this long banter, and it just, it went nowhere, and it's a lost episode of Bobcast. I got angry, and he's just been gone for a while, but we've been making a lot of music, and we're bringing him back on the show, because this week is the Top of the World Party 3. With that being said, I'd like to welcome back to the Bobcast, Chick, MC Key, a.k.a. Demetri D. of Debauchery, Mickey. It feels so good to be back. So, um, in these long uh, months without being on the Bobcast, have you have you felt like you're missing out, or? Yeah, there's totally been a part of me that longs for these discussions and these conversations. Uh, yeah. You know, as a com- comrade, I like to keep my chat game strong, and I, I like to miss just chat. these uh, weekly interactions, these monthly interactions, these daily interactions. Mm-hmm. So you chat for a living, right? So you were telling me earlier today about your job and how sometimes you talk so much that you exasperate yourself and you lose your voice. Yeah, I'm a straight chatterbox, and I'm always running my mouth. And so uh, you get paid pretty much to chat. Yeah, basically, that's pretty much all I do. I just and talk. at what point in the evening? Well, tell everybody out there because they may not know what you do for a living. Well, as previously mentioned, I am a mater d, uh, technically a mater d of debauchery, because I like to cause a lot of trouble. But all I really do is uh, operate, delegate, and throw parties for weddings, bar mitzvahs, birthdays, tea parties, bridal showers, baby showers, the whole nine yards. You do tea parties? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do some tea parties. Has there ever been like an Alice in Wonderland theme? No, not, not, maybe, maybe a year's back, uh, so, so so you talk so much that like last night you were at this wedding and you just you just knew your voice was going to crack, right? We had band practice today. Yeah, it gets pretty crazy when you're on the floor and the band's playing really loud and you're like screaming a conversation to someone you know or a friend or something uh, that you see randomly and it just gets so hoarse and just <laughs> so rough. It hurts and you just Wait, why don't end you the chew gum or something? I don't believe in gum. Why? Let's talk about that. <laughs> I myself need gum to actually play the bass guitar, as you've witnessed before. Before a show, I need a stick of gum. Well, I need to stay salivated because almost like I'm making the beats. Like while I'm playing the bass, I'm also making those beats happen in my mouth. Which I can, is, I can, sounds I, sexual, but <laughs> I, I'm humming the bass lines. I can relate in a sense that when I when I used to skateboard, I used to sing, and I used to use the rhythm of the song to like flip the skateboard and like land the oh, tricks okay. and and understand that so what kind of noise would you make when you were doing a kickflip open your mind let's go inside the heart is a bullseye you know just then any beat i'd like pop it smack it up flip it rub it down yeah oh no so we are uh in country hawken country hawken uh, was a plethora of skateboarding back in the early 90s 
I guess everybody had a skateboard, right? Everybody had been to the Sub-Zero store I just drove by mm. the other day. Yeah, and uh, Synergy and Method out in uh, Bridgeport, all the good spots. Where was that in Bridgeport? Method on, I don't know the name of the street, but mm-hmm. it was up near 202. And skateboarding, I guess, has made a comeback recently. Uh, hip-hop, pop culture has brought it back to the forefront, but it's always been around. But um, you don't really see any kids skateboarding in country no more. Yo, I got stopped by a cop for skating in country the let's other day. Let's talk about that. <laughs> You're 35 years old and you got stopped by a cop for skateboarding. Let's let's chat. I'm about outside. It. I'm outside. I'm just like, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll push around. I'll see what I can do. Uh-huh. And a cop rolls by and he goes, "You you you can't skate in country. It's illegal." And I look at him. I go, "Are you serious?" And he's like, "Do I look like I'm serious?" And I just SMH and like walk away. As a 35-year-old, thinking mm-hmm. about when I was a 7-year-old getting treated the same way. and Where were you in country? Right outside. Right outside your house? Yeah, right Jesus. out front. And uh, where were you supposed to skate then? You're not. It's actually illegal to skate in country hockey. And it hasn't been since a fine? the 70s. There's a fine like, with it? I don't know. I Googled it. And uh, yeah, it's illegal since the 70s. Can you skate down a T's uh, golf course so they got a skateboard park there? Or the, I don't no, know. that's like rollerblades and stuff. No, I think actually you can take your skateboard there. That'd be cool. I know uh, the operator from Pocket Dial, Isaac, was a he's an avid rollerblader. Oh, no. and he's a good in rollerblade. <laughs> I think that's correct. We'll have uh, to ask the operator. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's uh, kind of sad to hear that you can't skateboard anymore in country hockey because back in there in the nineties, I mean, I remember everyone was out front of Seven Eleven, and then everyone was was skating at that. Uh, the bank. The bank, right? What's at the bank now? Is there still something there? Same exact thing. The Santander exact thing. Bank right now. And like uh, I guess like the, the Plymouth Heads, they would skate at um The Church. The church storehouse uh church. Uh who who would you say was the kingpin back in the day over there? Who ran the show? Brian LeSage? LeSage and Nero. And I Nero. mean Nero was definitely the underboss, you know. Whatever anything had to like Go yeah. through Nero. I don't care who the figurehead was. Nero, Nero was the puppet master. Still to this master. day, Nero probably would make a really good like political figure or something. He just has a way of getting you to do stuff. <laughs> He's such a manipulative genius. It's great. If you research uh, Nero from you know Roman history, mm-hmm. the exact same characteristics, I swear. The exact same thing going on there. Yeah, just a total puppet master. It's, it's glorious. Uh and the Nero like compound there, uh, you know, on Germantown Pike. I mean, they got the whole block. You know what I mean? Lockdown. Lockdown. I hope that they never decide to go rogue against like you know the local law enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week, Woo, welcome back on Friday, June third at eight p.m. All ages event, top of the world party three. Make it to the top of the world. We got the gnomes, Nikki Roman. We got Misty Plum, and we got us Pocket Dial up there on the roof. It's $5 right now. You can get a ticket at the Cold Point Pub. Just ask the cashier. The night of the show, we're going to tax you an additional $2. I, you know, we, we, there's a lot of things you can buy with $2. I'm really excited to come back to Whole Foods. This is our third summer in a row doing it. Two years ago, we had our first live show ever there. It was 11 minutes. The footage is on YouTube. So that wasn't a Top of the World party. That was actually Downtown Harvest. That was Downtown Harvest's last show right. ever. Um, we didn't know at that point it was going to be the last show, but it, it goes down in the books. I got the poster in the lounge. And Pocket Out played. We only had a couple songs, but I we, remember it well just being like, wow, this is... It was a four-song four set, 11 minutes, I think in six seconds, start to finish. Some technical difficulties in the beginning. But for a band that was together for, what, four months? Three months? At that time? I think Two, we got three, together in October. April, May. Yeah. Three months, let's say. Yeah, about that. I mean, go back, watch the footage. Google Bob Cahill Pocket Dial YouTube and just 
see for yourself what we had cooking two years ago. And I mean, mm-hmm. when you come out this Friday, just know that it's going to be 3D multiplied by, you know, psychedelic insanity. It's going to be such a good time, such a fun time. We always welcome audience participation. We're going to get you in the mix. And uh, it's not about us. It's about you. It's about coming out, dancing, and having fun. I was thinking about giving, like, audience members, like, shakers or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I got some, uh, I just recently bought, like, some kids' toys and stuff, but they're actually really cool percussion instruments. But, um, yeah, so Top of the World Party 1. I'll never forget. So, Top of the World Party 1, we had planned this event out. And it was just actually yesterday. It was May the 29th. It was the first time we did mm. the Top of the World Party 1. A year ago. So that day was a very unique day for me. we have been planning this event, and <laughs> the the universe aligned. And earlier in that day, I found out that I was going to be a father. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I'm going to have a son or a daughter. Tyler. And in just a few short hours, i got to be up there in front of 300 people <laughs> And not say anything because in the beginning, you know, they say you really can't share uh, pregnancy with people because of the early trimesters. You know, there, there's chances of bad things can happen, stuff like that. But God bless. Uh, I do have a healthy young baby boy named Tyler. And I remember just feeling so good that night. You oh know what I mean? God. Like, so yes, good. Like, yes. I, I might have told, like, a couple of my family members. I definitely told my parents and I told some of the cousins and stuff like that. But I remember distinctly playing that set and just feeling so alive. So just being alive. like, this is the best. Yeah. Now, at the same time, I also had a feeling maybe this is it for me because I'm going to be a dad. Quickly, I realized that, no, this <laughs> is what I do. You know what I mean? I'm a musician, I'm an artist, and I'm an entertainer. And I'm a podcast host. And basically... We're going to keep doing this top of the world thing until, you know, people get sick of it. So, I mean, that night was just amazing. I remember introducing you, and you came in <laughs> through the bushes, and people were just stunned. My uh, brother uh, did The Bride. Uh, uh, if you know what The Bride is, definitely uh, check out our uh, Facebook page or check out our website, which is pocketdialstyle.com. Here we go. And you can see the hashtag monsters video. But uh, we decided to do top of the world, too, and we wanted to do it rather quickly. We wanted to get the sequel out there. Like a lot of, I guess, big budget films, they really want to capitalize on the, the first one and get something out there to generate more income. But we just wanted to have another awesome evening. I picked the worst night <laughs> to have the Top of the World party, too. It was when the Pope was coming to town. And uh, you you had such a hard time getting out of the city, remember? Yeah. Uh, the Getting out wasn't the hard part. Getting back in was. But, but you were trying to buy a car the day of the show, <laughs> and you you took the bicycle. White so, River. So he took a bike on the SEPTA bus. I picked him up. I dropped him off with the bike, I think. No, you took the bike too, right? I took the, I, I, I took the bike to some stop, and I... Or I took the bus to some stop and I rode the bike to the dealership and I was looking at the car I eventually bought. I should have just bought it that day. But I probably would have been tied up doing paperwork till the top of the world show. But hold, hold on, just one second. I want to dial back to the first top of the, dial, top of the world show where I remember I was sitting in Pete's Diner downtown with my mom and you called me. And you usually text. But I saw you call and I was like, Mom, I got to get this. Hold on. And I go out and you tell me about, you know, the news of Tyler. And I remember my eyes just welling up and getting, like, really emotional and, like, not believing it because, like, you know, my best friend let me know the most amazing news in the world. And I go back in and trying to tell my mom. And she's like, what's what's the matter? She's like, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm like, Bob's going to be a dad. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so then we had the top of the world 
party one. Felt and great. It was one of the best days of my life. It like, was, yeah, definitely for me. Pure, a doubt, just though. adrenaline and awesome love, and it was great. And just putting on like an amazing show. Mm-hmm. So uh, fast forward back to top of the world party two. You don't get the car. You ride the bike to my house, right? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. So th- so then like I'm like, why don't you just get in the car? And you're like, no, I need the bike. So then you rode the bike down Germantown Pike to the Whole Foods. We play the show. I drive with my gear, of course. And then after the show, you, you think that you can get a bus out of town. You think that you can get out of the Plymouth Meeting yeah, Mall. Yeah. You go to the, the train platform right outside uh, Redstone there. And uh, I show up maybe 10, 15 minute, minutes later with all my gear. And I'm like, what's going on, bro? And you're like, I, I there's no bus. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what are you going to do? And you were like, I can't leave my bike. I'm like, don't you got a lock? So we, he gets in my car and he holds the bike out the window. And we totally got could have gotten arrested for this, right? Probably. Like, yeah, you can't do that, right? I was definitely drinking that night. I had a couple, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but at the same time, I never forget because we're going up Germantown Pike to my house in Plymouth Meeting and we, we passed this car of people and the bike's hanging out the window. That's just a memory I'll never forget. The the car was packed full. When he says people, there was like two adults, maybe three, four adults, and yeah. six kids in this in the minivan. back seat. It yeah. was loaded, and we're just like the Joker out the window yeah. in the dark night yeah. with the bike and yeah. just cackling <laughs> and howling. It was awesome. So I mean, the top of the world party too. Uh, it, it had some technical difficulties because you know it was hard for people to come out. The Pope had shut down most of Philly. A lot of people from Philly come out. A lot of people from you know Mount Airy were coming. Mm. So, yeah, the Pope took over that weekend, and I knew I wanted to do, you know, another sequel, you know what right. I mean? Like, because it's just, it's just too good of a venue. People enjoy it so much. So, the Top of the World Party 3, going down this Friday. Get your tickets. Um, we have a new lineup. Mr. Mm. Plum is a bunch of uh, friends of uh, ours. Um, Andrew Anglin uh, was my neighbor when I used to live in White Marsh. And the other band members, you know, awesome dudes, you know what I mean? I met them when I was actually a substitute teacher. Um at Plymouth White Marsh High School. They were art students, and uh, I maintained contact with them, and I'm, I'm happy to be working with them. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to meeting the guys from Misty Plum, seeing what they got to offer, and of course, we got Nikki Roman. Yeah, if he shows. You know. <laughs> Hello! Yeah, I'll put it out there. Shark okay, for, Scott fans. Let me explain something to you. If you're going to do a show, you need a social media presence. I try to get this kid to get on Facebook. He wouldn't do it. Well, let's, I, I, you know. it's, I, At the same time, I, I, I admire it, but at the same time, I don't get it. You know what I mean? But fantastic performer when he when he when he's there you yeah, know he's got I mean? some like swag the, and then the gnomes i mean my friend brian i met when i was working at whole foods through instacart uh his favorite band's nirvana nice. he's like he's like a folk kurt cobain cool. you know what i mean and his brother they have a band together and they'll open it up um dj window will be there as well shout out he'll be djing i'm definitely going to dj a set i'm probably going to be playing some some heavy prints because i'm heavy Prince, to me, like the sign of the times. I don't know if anybody's ever heard that song. I mean, it reminds me of Pocket Dial. So, yeah. Real quick, let's take a listen to it here on the Bobcast. Chance's girlfriend came across a needle and soon she did the same 
here on the Bobcast with Mickey. Yo. So, uh, one of the things that we used to do back in the day when you were the co-host and glad to have you back is we used to dial it back and talk a little bit about pop culture here on the Bobcast. So, you're a huge Preacher fan. Oh, I yeah. walked into the house today, you got all your graphic novels out. All my regalia. Now, the first episode just dropped last week after the horrendous Fear of the Walking Dead. If you're listening to this, Please do something. This show is terrible. Okay? It's like you built a boat and you just made plots up each day you came to set. So Preacher, I didn't realize that Preacher came out in the 90s. Yeah. Preacher, did you ever read Preacher? Uh, I have issue one, but I have like a reprint. Oh, man. There are so many sub-story pop culture references in that. Mm -hmm. From the 90s, Kurt Cobain, Bill Hicks, John Wayne, 
Uh, that's just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's a lot more. But they're central figures throughout the comic book, and it really gives you like a nostalgia reading it now, reading it 10 years ago as I did, of that time. And it really captures that amazingly. And the cool thing about it is Garth Ennis isn't even American. But here he is spinning this Western that is so authentically American, it's the greatest Western epic comic of all time in my book. So how did you feel about the translation from comic book to TV? Warm. Mm-hmm. I felt a great sense of peace and warmth watching this unfold. Does it cap? Does it capture like the the characters and stuff? It was the time of the preacher when I heard that everything came back because okay. that's the first like uh, thought bubble in the book. And the good thing about the book is the thought bubbles have different um, fonts and art to them. Like when he does his preacher voice, which you'll come to know, okay. it's written in red. When it has songs, it's like jagged edges with italic and like notes. And it, it's cool. It really emphasizes the everything. And um, what was I talking about? What about Cassidy? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, he's great. The way he spits. That scene on the plane was pretty cool. is so strong. That's it. I didn't realize that he's a vampire. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's a vampire. Okay. But he's not like a gothic vampire. He is a London american werewolf vampire if that makes sense he's a balls to the wall just rip your head off and piss down your throat badass motherfucker so you think the preacher will go in like what five six seasons you think it has that potential so wait how long did the book last for there's what nine trades i think five years so why did they end it the story ended it was it was it was was yeah it was a it was a it was a an epic it was great yo it is, I've read it three times. Mm-hmm. I read the whole nine trades or whatever three times. And like there's stuff I forget. But the way it just weaves a web through Americana is amazing. I'm, I, 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 there's no words. And yeah, the um, mm-hmm. translation, how it puts it on screen, it takes certain elements. It mixes up some other elements. But the heart is there. And that's what I can't wait to see. Um move on and and the wildness and the gore and mm-hmm. just the insanity is also there which is why I love Garth Ennis and Seth Rogen's got you know good head on his shoulders and a great eye yeah it's, it's kind of strange that he's adapting this type of material because he's obviously known for his comedy and there is some comedic beats to this story but um, I'd like to see him do something different rather than just making a sequel to Neighbors you know what I mean mm-hmm. like his films like uh, I, I haven't seen uh, The Night Before I heard that that's kind of raunchy. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I did like this as the end. I mean, the third act kind of gets crazy and stuff like yeah. that. But, I mean, uh, the Green Hornet was really, really bad. I mean, it just didn't, I didn't see that. It just didn't really work. But, I mean, I knocked ups on HBO all the time. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a classic. You know what I mean? I miss those guys all being together in an original type of script. I remember the first time I saw The 40-Year-Old Virgin. And, like, I saw Seth Rogen on screen. And I'm like, is this... Screech from Saved by the Bell. I'm oh, like, well, who is Screech? this guy? Yeah, I thought it was what's his name? What's his real name? Dustin Diamond. Dustin Diamond, who just got out of jail for stabbing somebody. He's at back. A bar. Yeah, he's back in jail, and uh, he's trying to, uh, you know, I guess capitalize on that. But uh, <laughs> he said that uh, he stabbed somebody because they were threatening him and his girlfriend hey. at some bar or whatever. But I mean, hey, don't believe it, everything you read. Who knows what happened out there? Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought he was like Screech, but. You know, I, I I thought he was hilarious in Four Year Old Version. He was the man, dude. Yeah, that's another one that I mean. I remember. I think we were living in L.A. when the yeah. posters were out, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like the poster was just 
him like with that face, that smile, and just the font, yeah. just a forty-year-old virgin. I mean, how could you not want to see that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think the interview is one of the greatest movies. Oh yeah, I like, I like the interview. I, I love the interview, man. I saw it on Netflix. It's so quotable. It's just great. Franco's great in it. Yeah, yeah. Franco is the man in it. Franco and, uh, is great. I mean, I I think I've talked. No, I've only talked about eleven twenty-two sixty-three on the live Bobcast, but highly recommend it. Uh, it's that only is a eight episodes. Strange mo- show, man. That yeah, first really episode is just like it happens so quickly too, yeah. which I like. Is like there's no explanation as to nope. what the portal is, the time portal. Because obviously, spoilers if you haven't seen it, it's a time travel epic story going back into the early '60s to stop the assassination of JFK. Because it is believed that if he did survive the attack on Daly Plaza, the world would be a different place. Stephen King is so good at these stories where, you know, and, like, the thing I like about it, too, is, like, that first episode, it doesn't just dive into JFK. It talks about one of his students, an older gentleman whose father had killed uh, his mother and sister. And, you know, I just love, like, how he's really good at telling a story, Mm -hmm. but he's really good at the B um, story plot. You know what I mean? Like, the B story. Because you can't just tell a story literally anymore. You have to have other beats in it. And Franco, I mean... He he's uh, he's what I think he's forty years old now, but he, he, his his film records is great. He's coming out with this film. Uh, I think you probably remember when we lived in Los Angeles, seeing the billboards for The Room. And for those of you in the Bobcast world who don't know what The Room is, it's a cult film in the vein of Rocky Horror Picture. I believe they throw plastic silverware at the screen and they they interact with it. But this film is one of the worst films in history. But it's gained a pop culture f- um, following because of its, I guess true blandness in a way so Franco plays the lead and uh, it looks really good I, you know what movie I was going to download the other night just because I hadn't seen it in so long 127 hours that's a good movie man that's a cool movie great movie you really feel that oh yeah I mean you don't, you're not really going anywhere in that film you're stuck there with him the whole time but you feel like you're, you've gone to a thousand different places and then it gets all like psychological and mm-hmm. like yeah that's great and I, I just feel as if uh, I mean I haven't seen a film lately though that has entertained me as much as you know I, I don't know. I mean, this year's just been a wash ever since Batman vs. Superman. I just feel like... Movies, movies, movies. You know? Movies. I think there was one movie I I like really Civil War, though. You haven't seen Civil War yet, right? No, I saw that finally. I thought it was great. I liked it, good, it a right? lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Smart filmmaking. It, the pacing with Marvel is just ridiculous. You oh, it's can't great. touch the pace. And I mean, I watch... I mean, Ant-Man steals the show in that. He's so great. Ant-Man's you know? always great. When Ant-Man... He, what does he say? He's like, okay, Hawkeye, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> He just, he's like, how could you, like, if you saw Paul Rudd in real life, how could you not walk up and give this guy a hug? Oh my God. You know what I mean? Hey, like, the best is when he's in, like, My Best Friend or whatever, and he tries to meet with, uh, not Sid Akis, I Love You Man. I Love You Man? Is that yeah. where he has that friend? And he's just like, well, we'll have to pop the, the dunk later. Like, he just says the stupid shit. I, I mean, like, that, that movie, I haven't seen in a while, but I mean, that, that movie is really, really well done. But yeah, yo, Spider Man was the man in that. Um, Civil War. Oh yeah, Spider Man was great. I mean, Spider Man was about great. That. I love Spider Man. Um, the character, like Peter Parker, mm-hmm. I understand. I'm a McFarlane Peter Parker Spider Man fan, so I expect him to be cool. You know what I mean? Not necessarily yeah, he, nerdy. He was older then. Yeah, McFarlane Spider Man was a lot more uh-huh. mid twenties. Right. MJ. MJ was just the oh, yeah. top dude. Yeah. Oh, Her and God, Jessica Rabbit were like twins, right? <laughs> So, you know, I'm not really a big fan of the Teenage Peter Parker or whatever, but the Spider-Man was really cool and really funny, like, and just cool to watch. Like, I love... I love the fact that he has a Queens accent. You know what I mean? Right. The the kid that's playing it sounds like he's from Queens, 
And I love how they just skip the whole origin story. Mm-hmm. Just get right into it. You right, know what I mean? Right, and the right. whole interaction between... I mean, Robert Downey Jr., I hope he's Iron Man for the, until he dies. You know what I mean? The guy's like almost 50, I guess, but I yeah, can totally see man. him doing it. You know what I mean? Like, cause Tony Stark made the dog Mark's box. That's just the thing, too, is that he doesn't have to be in costume in those films. People would rather see him not in the... art. Like, they love yeah. the interaction. You know what I mean? They love his... His comedic, like you know, element that he brings to it, and I mean, Civil War. I mean, I'm really happy because I just watched Age of Ultron recently. I really don't like that film. No, what happened? There, there is nothing fun about that. No, there's not one thing that's fun, not rewatchable. I mean, even the sequences with the Hulk in South America destroying stuff with the Hulkbuster, really well done. But like, yeah, there's, that there's one was no, there's no fire. feeling that you care about the characters in that, you know. But nah. with Civil War, I mean, I totally cared about the characters, you know, and like I think that it took me some time because you know. Steve or Steve Rogers, you know the Human Torch. Um, that that guy's owning that role too. You know what I mean? He's so oh, wholesome. Cap? Cap, yeah. I mean, Cap. I love the fact that this Captain America isn't. He just doesn't sit down. He's like, oh, no, I'm gonna go get the Avengers out. Great ending, you know. Yeah, he's a good guy. Can't wait to see Infinity War or whatever they're gonna call it. They gotta call it Infinity Gauntlet, dude. I, I know, they're gonna call right? it Infinity. Don't call it that. You know what I mean? There's already Civil War. Call it Infinity Gauntlet. I remember collecting Infinity Gauntlet when I was like eight, mm-hmm. nine years old, man. That book was cool. Thanos on the cover. Books uh, in general. I mean, DC Comics right now are really struggling. I guess with the loss. Well, eight hundred million dollars isn't you know necessarily uh, a failure, but no one liked Batman vs Superman. The critics tore it apart. Ugh. Uh, DC Comics right now have just completely like the new Fifty Two comic line that went on for four years. They just ended, so now it's DC Rebirth, right. and they're calling it not a reboot, but with a title name Re- Rebirth. I tried to get the book the other day. It was sold out. The books. The books. Yeah, they were all sold out of it. Hmm. Batman number one comes out on Wednesday, Rebirth. There's two other Batmans on the cover I've never seen before, so I'm interested. Oh, hey, whoa. What's this I hear about Batman asking the computer? What's the computer's name? Mobius? Moby? Yeah, so there's this whole Joker. Joker. So, So they've always wanted to know who the real Joker is. And no one's ever been able to decipher, you know, the origin story. So this computer knows who the Joker is. So we're gonna find out eventually. Yeah, they say there's three different Jokers or something. I I just don't think you should do that. I think you should just, you know what I mean? Just I've heard both sides. It adds to the mystery. mystery. It doesn't. It's it is what it is. But you know we're huge Joker fans here. Totally. We podcast. just did a show uh, for the free comic book day. Hopefully, uh, someone out there would like to hire uh, Pocket Dial as the Joker Dial. <laughs> we're in character the whole time. Yeah, and it's insane. You we know? just cause a ruckus and taunt people. And we hand them business cards. The business cards are right here. They're actually playing cards with pocketdialstyle.com scribbled all over it with ha 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 and red crayons. Yes, we are men in our mid 30s, but you know <laughs> we know how to have fun with it. I gotta be honest. Personally, you know, I'll break the the whole facade here. But in my real life, I often get accused of being like a jerk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to make people happy and have a good time. But when I'm the Joker and I am trying to be a jerk. And, like, it lands, and people like it and, and love it. Like, it, it, it's just this sense of anarchy and chaos that I can't, like, I, I love. I, I hope I could do this. Like, I know. You know what I'm saying? It's just so great. It's so fun. It is great. Um, sadly, we're out of time because it sounds like my computer's going to explode. <laughs> we just got done recording a song that we hope to release this week. Mm. It's called Open Your Mind. LL Cool J on Make acid. sure you check out our website. And I just want to give a special shout-out to all the fans coming out to the top of the world. Anybody who shows up. Mad love for you guys and uh, really love seeing you guys come out and hope you have a good time this weekend. That's right. Get your tickets right now at the Cold Point Pub and the Whole Foods Plymouth Meeting. You can buy them the night of the show. It's an all-ages event, so if you want to bring your kids, 
you know, make sure they take a nap because the show runs until after midnight. Mm. You can get any taco you want at the taco truck. You can even get some beers. It's the start of Philly Beer Week <laughs> that week. So there's going to be a beer presence there, and uh, the craft brew people will be gathered. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of... Bob! Bob! Okay. <laughs>